it was funny because I said to Chip, I was like, I think my buddy James wanted to go, but he got the bone the last time. And I was like, I don't mean to sound selfish, but I was like, I really wanted to make sure that I got the bone this time. So you didn't invite him? No. Did you? <laughs> Did he want to go, you think? I feel like he kind of wanted to go and he was like wondering if I was going to invite him. I'm definitely inviting him next time, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't mean to sound selfish, but I was like, I really want to make sure I get the bone. Well, that's got to be a little frustrating. So you went with uh, your buddy and Carl and he got a bone and he got the bone. And <laughs> and then you went you went fishing on the beach and Drew got the bone and Drew got two bone fish. Drew got two bone fish. So you figured if you went fishing by yourself might incre- might increase my chances. Yeah. Like by 100 percent. Yeah. Considering if you would have been by yourself the first day, you would have got a bone. If you been by yourself the second day, you would have got two bones. Well, let me tell you this. I actually, with, when I went with Drew, I still don't think if I had gone by myself, I would have gotten a bone because that line I was using was too heavy. And that thing was had so much slack in it. And I was like, yeah, this wouldn't have worked. You think? I think you would have got him. You think so? Yeah. Because you were chumming him. I mean, you know. Well, not, chum- like, not like I was the first day. The, the, when you came with us, we chummed him hard. And we still didn't even get a hit. Right. The first day when I went with Drew... Drew freaking threw the things out, threw it out, boom, got hit, like literally within a minute. So you think they were sitting there already? I think so. I just think it was too much of a coincidence that they hit that, they hit that fast. The, um, you guys are listening to the Real Guy Podcast. I got Stephen Bonefish Busaka here today. <laughs> we bro- he broke his cherry this week. He got his first bonefish. We're all really proud of him. First two, actually. Two bonefish. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That was kind of like his... Uh, that was his goal for this summer was to uh, catch a bonefish. And, you know, it's amazing what happens when you actually try to achieve your goal. And when you actually go with the real guys. Well, yeah. You know get, what they're doing. Well, I mean, so, so tell everybody. So what were your, what were your options to, get, to go and target your bone? You had to, I mean, you had to figure it out in your own mind. You know, okay, how am I going to go do this? So go ahead. So I called you, as you remember, and I said, you know, Jeff, I, I'm dying to get this bonefish. What do I do? And you said to me, well, you said there's a couple things you could do. And I said, well, what about Carl Ball? Because I know that's what he specialized. And you said, yeah, give Carl a call. So gave Carl a call, and we did the first trip. And, you know, it was kind of a bust. You know, we got rained out. Still a blast, but we got rained out. And then my buddy James ended up getting a bonefish, and I didn't. So, but you got, I mean, you guys got really rained out. Like, you guys couldn't really hardly pull around and look. So, you were like, what, sitting and chumming? Dude, yeah. Because it was, it was raining so hard at one point that Carl was standing maybe four feet away from me, and I could barely even see him. Yeah, that's that, that was hard. Yeah, that's, that's like the, uh, that's like the ultimate curse when it comes to bonefishing. Is it just a horrible, overcast, rainy day? Because you can't see nothing. You can't really, um, you can't, you can't really make, them. Yeah, you can't make up for it. And um, you're not sure what's really going on because you just don't have the visibility. No. So, I mean, like I said, we had fun, but, you know, it was, it was rough that day. So I, was, I, I told Carl I wanted to book another trip with him. So this time I went just he and I. And, you know, we started out chumming him. And we started off by catching bonnet head shark after bonnet head shark. And I, but, you know, me, I like to try to turn kind of a negative into a positive. And I told Carl, I said, but you know what? We're catching these bonnet heads consecutively. Consecutive bonnet heads. Consecutive. How many of you guys out there can say that you catch bonnet <laughs> heads consecutively? 
while targeting bonefish. <laughs> Probably not many of you. I don't know, dude. So. That, that's a pretty common catch. I know. But anyway, you were having fun doing that, I suppose. Well, you know, I mean, it was. I mean, it's fun. It's always fun when the rod gets when the rod gets bent. But after a while, I was like, man, the, the bonefish got to come by at some point. And then finally, rod goes off, and I said to Carla, and we were like, wait, this feels a little bit different. Get it in, bonefish. And I was like, all right, I finally got my first bonefish. You know, it was maybe like three pounds, not a bad one. So got him in, got my picture, and um, you know, we started getting the lines back out there. And I hooked a bonefish, and I knew we both knew for a fact it was a bonefish. And this thing must have been big, because this thing started going, and it didn't stop. <laughs> and even Carl was like, "Whoa!" And then somehow the hook just came out. And yeah. I said to Carl, "I said, did I do something wrong?" And he goes, "No." He goes, "You looked like you were doing everything right." He goes, "I'm sure." He goes, "Because he definitely had it, because this thing was screaming drag." But I said, Carl, I said, that was definitely a bone. He goes, that was 100% a bone. He goes, that might have been a double-digit one, too. And I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen that. All right. All right. So that now sun's starting to come out. And Carl goes, all right, now we're going to actually start try to sight cast him. And this was like what I had been waiting for now because I'm just like, this is like the real, the real way to do it. Yeah. So Carl, so I said to Carl, so I said, oh, so we're going to kind of do like where we have like the live shrimp and everything. And then I said, he goes, no, he goes, uh, I want you to do this the real, real way. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? He goes, I'm going to give you this little jig. He goes, and instead of just casting to him and just wait and let them sniff it out, he goes, you have got to try to entice them to eat that jig. And I'm kind of sitting there like. Well, yeah, that's definitely the real real way. I'm like, it sounded like the real hard way to catch him too. I was, I, I'm not gonna, I was a little intimidated. So you're afraid he was raising the bar, and you're like, man, let me just get one. I was like, dude, like we went from freaking zero to freaking a hundred in a matter of that. I was like, but okay. I was like, look, he, let, let's do it. We start pulling for about thirty minutes, and all of a sudden, Carl goes, I see them, and I'm like, where? He goes, eleven o'clock. I look over there. And it was the coolest thing because I see we see them tailing, just like how you see in the TV shows. <laughs> we just see them tailing. And I, I kind of like sat there and I was standing there in almost like a little bit of disbelief. Just trying, I, to, just trying to take it all in. Like that's really in. them. That's really them. I was like, oh my gosh, and we're heading right for them. So you know, we're getting closer, and Carl's like explaining to me. He goes, "Okay, I'm going to tell you when we're in range to cast." He said, "Now, very important." He goes. You need to make sure you know which way they're headed. Are they going to the left, the right, towards us? He goes, you need to keep that in, into consideration because that's how you know where to cast it. So I'm like, okay, so we're getting closer and closer. I can see the bones tailing. My heart is freaking, I can he freaking hear it slamming against my freaking chest. I'm right. so nervous. So we're getting closer and closer. And finally, we get close. And Carl's like, you know, all right, make sure you freaking, you, you see which way they're going, right? And I'm like, not really. I just see tails. Right. I can't tell which way they're going, but I just see tails. So I'm just kind of standing there trying to figure out. He goes, okay, all right, go ahead and cast now. And I'm still not sure which way they're going. He's like, all right, you got to hurry up and cast because those, otherwise you're going to spook them. And I'm just like trying to figure out, they get ready to make the cast. He's like, he's like, dude, make he goes, the cast, dude. he's like, we're about to run over them at any second. You got to cast it. <laughs> and I freaking just went, I just made a judgment call and I casted it to where I thought they were headed, landed it. And I literally just went, 
bounce, thump, and this thing takes off like a bullet. <laughs> and I'm almost standing there too like, did I really just, did this really just happen? I'm almost thinking to myself like, this, this better not be a bonnet head shark again. And we're fighting this thing. And now Carl, of course, is like spinning us around in a circle because the thing kept trying to go under the boat. Long story short, finally starts to wear out, get him to the surface, and I see how big he is. And of course, my jaw hits the floor. And I said, Carl, I said, would you mind if we net this one? And he's like, sure. So, you know, I'm standing there, the thing's thrashing and everything, and Carl's getting the net. And I felt bad, too. I, I apologized to him afterward, but I said, I said Carl, I, I don't mean to be rude, but you think we could hurry it up with that net? Because I'm like, <laughs> that thing is thrashing. I'm like, I, I, I would have cried if that thing came off right there at the boat. So he gets the net, we get it over, scooped, caught fish. And I mean, I thought I was about ready to freaking hug Carl for crying out loud. I was just like, dude. I said to him, I said, Carl, I said, can I get in the water for the picture? And he goes, of course. Because that was what I had kind of pictured was like a nice shot of me in the flats with it. So got in the water with it. And I got to tell you, when I, so I said to Carl, I said, how big you think this is? He goes, this is probably about a seven pound bone. I never in my life dreamed that I'd be able to sight cast a bonefish, let alone one that big. And Jeff, I got to tell you, when I put my, when I actually grabbed that thing, the weight and the girth, I was just like, yeah, they're stuck, you little suckers. Whew, got some nice picks. Back in the water, quick, kicked off strong, and I mean, it, Carl, he was so happy. He, he actually, he I said bet. to me, he was like, I, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, I really wanted to be the one to put you on your first bonefish. And there you go. And there you go, man. How about that? Dude, bonefish Busaka gets his first bonefish. That's pretty cool. Um, I love the story, dude. It was, you're, you're totally, you know, enamored by the fish, enamored by <sighs> Carl, the whole situation. Sounds like it couldn't have been better. Oh. And, um, dude, I mean, <sighs> I think it, I think I caught my first bonefish. God, it was. See, I'm 51, so I caught my first bonefish like freaking, you know, 35 years ago. 30. How old were you? Like 20? No, it was like freaking 13. You were that young? Yeah. That was Isla Morada, right? That was Isla Morada, and um, I caught him in the rain, kind of sitting on the boat, not really fishing for a bonefish. But I remember, you know, my first bonefish, and then. I remember how fired up I used to get about going bone fishing every time I would see one. Me and me and the big burst man burster just absolutely fell in love with the game and we did it religiously for probably a decade. Really? And um God, we loved it. So to hear your voice and to hear your story, I just wish that I could get that <laughs> feeling again. You know, like I got one, you know, way back when. And it's just, you know, it's it's what the game's all about, you know, to to for one you caught him with car ball. Carl, that was the number one. Well, that's a big deal because Carl Ball is like, I don't know, he's like the king of slams in Biscayne Bay, and he's going out of Key Biscayne. You know, he's not like down there by Elliott Key or uh, Turkey Point or whatever. So not only did you get a bonefish, but you got a Biscayne Bay bonefish. Which is the hardest place to catch him, you said. Right. It's definitely the hardest place to catch him. And um, the other thing I like about your story is um, – you didn't give up. You know what I mean? And once you decided you wanted to get your bonefish, what did you do? Three bonefish trips in a matter of, what, two weeks? Ten days? Yeah. 
We did a lot. I, I, I was hitting it hard between, right? you know, when we did it with Carl and then I went by myself and then I went with Drew and I couldn't freaking get him. And I was just like, but the thing is, is that you did get him. But then I did to only him. go two times and not get one and then get one on your third time is extremely successful. That's like not the norm, especially well, I, going by yourself, you know, and, um, and psych cat. I'm not going to lie. Like you guys, like everybody knows, you know, I'm usually very humble. I don't really brag. I don't, you know, just, I'm very quiet, but I was very proud because I was like psych casting them with an artificial jig is like the hardest thing to do. It, you know, it's one thing with a shrimp because you can just kind of let the shrimp sit there and then they'll smell it at some point. But it's another thing because you got to make sure that that jig lands perfectly you got to make sure when you bounce it that, you know, you don't do it too much to where it spooks them. Sure. There's a lot of skill to it. A lot involved. It's not just, um, not just definitely not like chumming. No. And then, um, not to say there's anything wrong with catching them by chumming either. It's just, it's different. I got to tell you, even like, like I said, when I caught the first one, I was like, awesome. I finally got my bonefish. Yes. Dude. When I got that second one though, it was like, my heart was racing like freaking a mile a minute. I was like, dude. This is incredible. I was like, I finally saw what you and Scott talked about. I could, I, I, I totally understood the excitement. And let me tell you, it's not all just hype. I mean, if you got like, you know, I, I asked Carl, I said to him, you know, cause, and then we missed a bunch of them too. Right. I almost had a, a third one. He hit it and I got too excited and I freaking accidentally yanked it out of his mouth. But again, it's all a learning curve. But I said to Carl, I said, you know, Carl, do you have a lot of guys that, you know, claim to be great fishermen and they struggle with this and he's telling me he goes dude he goes i had a guy one time literally from the second he got on the boat wouldn't stop telling me about how good a fisherman he is offshore he said that this guy got so frustrated on the flats <laughs> he actually said that's it i'm done i've had it i don't want to do this anymore let's go back really i'm like because i mean now mind you listen there were times where carl was like Dude, you landed it right on their heads, you know, and it's all part of the game. You can't get mad. No, you can't get mad. You, you actually, can't get mad. You got to enjoy that. Like if you, you know, if you're not, if you don't have any, you know, tolerance or you want to, you know, you want to catch an easy fish, don't go bone fishing, especially no. not in Biscayne Bay. But Carl's been through it so many times and the confidence that, you know, he has pulling you around and knowing that if you spend the time out there that he's going to get the job done. And to me, that's probably the smartest thing you could have did. You know, you go, you get the right person that's going to tell you the right things. It's going to put you in the right situation. And then you can expect things to happen. And um, tell me a little bit about spending that much time with Carl. You know, because I've known Carl probably, I don't know, 20 years or so that I actually, you know, really knew him and he knew me. Um, I've never spent more than, well, the most time I've ever spent with him was at LonkerCon. Or when we sat down and did Trip Alive and hung yeah. out, you know, like that. But I've never been on the boat with Carl. I got to tell you, and it's funny because, you, know, you know, I met Carl through you. You know, we did Trip Alive. And, you know, it's kind of just like small talk when you do that kind of stuff. But right. when you're on the boat with him and you see just how genuine of a freaking guy he is, I actually feel like now I'm at a point with him where I feel literally like, like as good of friends with him as I do with you. Cool. I mean, he and I... Let me tell you, when I, when I tell you we laughed, I mean, we, we were actually, you know, again, you know, we'd spooked him a couple times and, you know, we see him on the other side again and we've spooked him like six times already. 
and we were we were sitting there going like, all right, there they are. Let's go spook the hell out of them again, you know. But and we're laughing. Right, right. We're having right. a good time. See what what you, what what you what you're experiencing is is um, you're Carl's client now, and Carl is an all star guide. He is. So all star guides treat their clients like they're their best friends. You feel like your family practically. Well, you know, you're going to be spending hours one on one on the boat, you know, with the guide. So if the guide has enough talent to put you on the fish. And then he has enough talent to make it fun the whole day. And then he has enough talent to actually make a relationship with you. That's a full circle. That's what you strive to do as a guide. And then when you do that, like Carl did, you enjoy it. You know what you did. You know you put a good person on his first bonefish. And it was important for Carl to be the first one to put you on there because he knows for the rest of your life, I'll remember that. You're going to remember that. And nobody else can do that now. Nobody else can ever say, I put Stephen on his first sight-casted bonefish in Biscayne Bay. Not only can they not say that, they can't do it. It's done. He did it. He did it. And um, that's got to make him feel good. And um, it me- I'll tell you, it, meant a- it really meant a lot when he said to me, I really wanted to be the one to put you on your first bonefish. That meant something. And he was sincere. And he was sincere about it. And I, and I told him, I said, you know, when I first got into saltwater fishing, like pretty hardcore, I said that, you know, I was like, I wanted to get my first tarpon with you, which I did. Right. And then I, I remember saying to him, I said, I really want to get my first bonefish with Carl. And to hear him say that back to me, that was the coolest thing. Because, you know, I, I, I hold Carl in the same kind of high regard that I do with you. Duh. Where I... <laughs> Where I'm like, I, I look at you guys, like I look up to you guys as, you know, being like being people that I strive to be, you know what I mean? And so it's just you, to me, it's, it's one thing to be a guide that, you know, can go around and say like, oh, I'm going to put you on world-class fish, but it's another one to be act, to actually be a guide where people say, dude, we had so much fun, even if we didn't catch anything. Yeah. We still had a blast. Yep, yep, yep. How yep. many guides can say that, Jeff? Well, Honestly. not all of them. As a matter of fact, not all of them. That's a fact. Yeah. And not all of them all the time. Yeah. But when you can, you know, you feel like, you know, you hit a grand slam or a home run. You know, you know you did it. You know you hit it on the head. Now, Carl, um, I want to get him in here. We need to get him in here. You know, we're going to get him in here to do a podcast. And... um I'm glad that you're in here now because we'll talk a little bit about your bonefish with Carl. But what I really want to talk about, Carl, when I get him in here is about the Grand Slams. I mean, the guy consecutively gets Grand Slams out there. <laughs> I mean, and not just in the you know peak seasons. He gets them in the summer. He gets them in the fall. He gets them in the year like, round. Year round. And that's Biscayne Bay Grand Slam. That's a whole nother story than all the other places. And I really want to get into his mind, you know, because I fish down there a lot, you know, but I'm tarpon fishing and... Getting a slam isn't even like, you know, really in my forte. I don't have the boat for it. You know, I mean, yeah, I could get a bonefish here and there, but it's not something that, um, you know, that, that, that my clients expect or that I strive for. But him, I mean, he gets to do that, you know, and he gets to pick the days. You know, I'm sure sometimes a slam happens to him, but I bet you a lot of times, you know, he knows he can get a slam. And then he goes out there and do that. So I want to do a, uh, an episode with him. Um, and I want to get into that mindset of actually getting a slam, you know, he, you know, you talk about getting into his mind. 
you know, there were times where, you know, he was on the back, you know, because, and I mind you, he's elevated. So, I mean, he can see a little bit better than I can. But there were times where he would say to me, I don't want you to cast until you can see them. He'd be like, there they are right there. You see them? And I was just like, I don't see them. I'm going to be honest with you, Carl. I don't see them. Well, that, and it's like, it ain't easy. And I'm, but, now, but, but little by little, though, it was cool as the day went on because he was teaching me what to look for. And then at one point, I actually said to him, I said, Carl, there they are. And he goes, good eye. He goes, yep. you see, now you're yeah. learning. Yeah, and you start gaining a little confidence, you know, and then, you know, you feel like you're more in the game. And um, that's what it's all about because as you keep bone fishing, you know, you're going to improve and you're going to be able to see things a little better, a little clearer. You're going to be able to anticipate you're, the fish a little bit more. You're going to know what to look for. <clears throat> right. It's all a learning curve. And then just like, like I said, I'm so jealous. Like, I wish I could feel that <laughs> all over again like you are. I was shaking. Like, you should have seen me after I let him go. Carl got a really cool shot of me releasing the fish, too. But I was shaking. Afterward, I said, Carl, I said, look at my hands. I'm still freaking shaking from this. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe that it happened. And that was my first time ever trying to even sight cast him. And that, to me, was like, I looked up and I just said, you know, I was like, man, God must have really been smiling on me today. Because, I mean, that was freaking. Dude, any time that you're alive... And you're spending time with great people in awesome places. Yeah, I'd say God's looking down on you I'd with a big smile smiling. on his face. I, I tell you, he was smiling that day. And, and, you know, and I tell you, even the, the times where we, because we spooked them a lot. And sometimes they were, they were next to the boat and we didn't realize it. And he and I turned around too quick and they bolted and we were like, oh, crap, they were right there. You know, I was with Carl just a couple nights before your trip. Down, I think he uh, mentioned that. Up in Orlando at the ICAST show. Yes, he did mention that. And um, Captains for Clean Waters had a little get-together um, one evening. And um, I went over there, and um, both both George Gods and Carl texted me. And it was like, dude, come over to the, for the Captains for Clean Waters thing. And um, I didn't even know it. Like, I knew, I knew uh, George because I was in contact with him. But I didn't know Carl had texted me until after I was already there. <laughs> you know? But what an, you know, but you know, that was, uh, that was awfully nice. That was probably at ICAST this week. That was probably definitely the highlight of my trip was that getting was to hang out with the captains for clean waters because, you know, I did the one recording with, uh, Tom green that I yes. was going to drop last week, but the night, uh, it was Tuesday night where we usually, you know, upload the podcast and I was hanging with all the captains for clean waters people. And they were so nice to me. And they didn't try to sell you anything, did they? They didn't try to sell me anything. <laughs> and we were all hanging and having some beers, and I was getting to meet people's wives. I was hanging out with Benny Blanco, who I never get a chance to hang out with, that I've known forever. I met all the dudes that were like, you know, that were active in the Captain for Clean Waters. All the Keys guys were all hanging out. And we were just, we were just having a, you know, a, a really good time. And um, we were talking about you, me and Carl. Were you really? Of course. Of course, you know, what he was, to say? well, he was totally pissed that, you know, that there was so much rain and he wasn't able to, uh, to get the bone, to get the bone <laughs> on the, on the first trip. And at that point he didn't know you guys were going again. Right. Yes. Because you guys had gotten back and I called him. I, I, that was a different, I had to call him to ask him about something else. And I was, he said to me, he goes, you know, we should do another trip. And I say, yeah, we should. And I went, what do you got coming up? And he goes, I got Saturday. I go this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I said, dude, 
Let's do it. Nice. Let's just do it. I said, let's not even overthink it. I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I said, let's book it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because you'll start overthinking it like, oh, can I afford it? And I just said, no. I said, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to do it and just run with it. Yeah. And then like, and trust me when I tell you, you know, I mean, and unless you make a lot of dough, if you start the bonefish game or any of these fishing games, you will spend all your extra money on it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. But let me tell you though, Jeff. It's to me that's money well spent. Well, hell yeah, it's well spent. Because let me tell you, I now when I first went out with Carl, we didn't get to go. So when we went to the flats, I mean, we were in the literally the middle of nowhere, and it's just literally flats as far as the eye could see. I mean, you could see Key Biscayne, but we're talking miles. You I were mean, in the middle of Key Biscayne. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, we could <laughs> see mean, the Biscayne islands. Bay. I mean, we I'm saying like the where land is, where Miami is. Right. Literally looked about like an inch big. Right. That's right. how far out we were. And I remember when we first got there, I remember, you know, we, we kind of held up, and this is when we started chumming them. I remember looking around going, Carl, like, this is the flats. Like, this is what I've seen on TV. This is what I've listened to Jeff and Scott talk about. Like, we're here. <laughs> this we have is arrived. The, this is the old stomping ground right here. And we're actually here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, and I will tell you, you know, um, even the bonnethead sharks, because at one point I was reeling it in, and this bonnethead jumped and slammed the shrimp. I couldn't believe it. it took off like a bullet, and I was like, they're annoying, little, but that was cool. He gave you a one-hopper. He gave me a one-hopper. <laughs> he gave me a one-hopper. You know, when we were kids, um, we would get in the little whaler. We had a 15-foot whaler, and um, it was a pretty quick boat. You know, had like a 70 on it. Yeah. But we could um, leave our house here in Fort Lauderdale and be in Biscayne Bay it would take us I don't know maybe an hour going that's down the bad. intercoastal that's not bad no, at all no we were kids we used to do it all the time and there were, there wasn't really any you know idle idle speed zones back then there was no manatee zones back yeah. then so you know really you'd leave the house and you just cruise down the intercoastal early in the morning it'd still be dark out you just hauling ass down there and then you could actually get to the middle of Biscayne Bay from Fort Lauderdale you know I don't know hour and a half hour that's and, not bad. And then we'd sit out there all damn day, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where the fish were and stuff. And back then, you know, having the whaler, we weren't really into polling or whatever. We were just wanted to be in the bay. And um, we would catch whatever the heck we could catch. Sometimes bonefish, sometimes permit, a lot of sharks, a lot of barracudas. Yeah. But going down to Biscayne Bay, you know, back then was, uh, I don't know, we didn't do it all the time, but we could do it anytime. And it was, it was a little bit different. It was, well, it was a lot different, but, um. I don't know. I grew to like that place, and I think every time you catch a fish in there, it's special. It, it's definitely it special. It's Biscayne Bay. It, you know, you got the friggin' Miami sitting right there looking at you. You got the U's right there. You, got, yeah. you know, University of Miami's over there. Amen you got a Doodoo Mountain down there by Homestead and and Cutler Ridge. Uh huh. They call that Black's Point. And then um, you know all the Outer Keys, Stiltsville, key. Stiltsville, Key Biscayne, and um, I don't know. You just feel like you're in a different place, but you know you're still here. I so that was I actually I I never got to see Stiltsville before, and I always wanted to see it. And I remember we were going. I go I go Carl, is this Stiltsville? He's like, yep. And I was like I was like just like in awe. I was like, wow, like this is really Stiltsville. I've heard about this place freaking for years. Yep, yep, yep. And when you got, I mean, when you see, and I remember Lamont put it best. The thing that people don't realize about the flats is a lot of people just think. Shallow water, yeah, all right, it's pretty, it's cool, but 
then you realize you start seeing the sharks and the rays and the bonefish and the turtle. And then you realize, oh my gosh, the flats are alive. They are. Or they can be. They're freaking alive. And it's like, whoa. Because you didn't think about that at first. And let me tell you, I still remember seeing when Carl pointed out those bone, for the first time, those bonefish tailing. I remember thinking to myself, like, this is like something out of a dream. Like, they're really right there and they're tailing, just like you see in the TV shows. Yeah. And here I am in the position that these guys are in on TV, about to do what they do. And then you do it. And I mean, <laughs> dude, like you see me right dude, now. Settle I'm down over there. Settle down over there. You're going to break know. the microphone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but let me tell you, I, I can't wait to book my next trip. That's all I'll say. And I, I, it's funny. I was telling you know, my buddy Billy, I don't know if you guys remember from Triple Live, uh, the snakehead guy. I was telling him about him. He's all fired up. Now, he's got a boat that's kind of like a flats boat. And he was like, you know, maybe you and I could go out there one day and just anchor up on the flats. He goes, I don't have a pole or anything like that. And I was like, that's fine, dude. I was like, listen, we can still chum them. Nothing wrong with chumming them. But yeah, you can just go out there and fish, and then you might get one. And but you, you might get one. But you get a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, you're going to get your your sh- your bonnet head sharks. Your mutton snappers. Mutton you know, snapper, also, box fish. And then maybe a permit if you you know if you do it right. We tried for permit. I think I told you. You went to a couple permit spots? We went to a couple permit spots, but the problem was is the sun hadn't come out yet. So Carl was telling me, he goes, usually he says, I'll, I'll be able to see them, and then I'll be able to tell you where to cast. We couldn't see anything. Couldn't, yeah. It was a little early. So, yeah. But then the sun came out full full brightness, and then and then as soon as that happened and that tide started going out, I mean, the flats just came alive. Start seeing everything. Dude, I mean, we're talking stingrays as big as this table, lemon sharks. Right. It, we saw the school of bones that we were chasing – there was probably about 30 to 40 bones in that school. Oh, really? All the size of the one that I caught. Very like nice. Like seven and up. Very nice. And, I, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, I go, Carl, those are some big freaking bones. He goes, <laughs> yeah. He goes, that's actually probably about average for this yeah. area. And I went, that's Yeah, this game bonefish are big. And um, when they're in a school like that, then you, that's how you know that's kind of like the average fish. Those average fish seem to school up like that. When they get a yeah. little bigger, they'll like break off in twos and threes or or singles so yeah if there was a whole bit bunch of them like that but yeah the average bonefish in biscayne bay is pretty large and um he said six to eight yeah it's no, like the average yeah and i was like wow six to eight pounds so they're big and they're twice as spooky and and yeah that's what he told me yeah it's 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 a i mean that's your a game if you can catch them out there in biscayne bay then you know you're playing your a game you know or you're with somebody that knows how to play the a game that's not you know, for the week. I, I said to Carl, I remember saying to him, I said, Carl, I said, I don't care about what some of these guys talk about, how hard they are going offshore, 40 miles, catching this, that, and the other. I was like, this kind of fishing is not for the faint of heart. I said, this kind of fishing to me, I feel like is going to separate the men from the boys. I was like, because you got to be able to not only catch, you got to make sure that you are so accurate with your cast and then you got to be so careful when you bounce that jig because if you bounce it too hard they're taken off yeah, yeah. It, there's so many fa- now jeff i wanted to ask you when you and scott were going down there right you know i mean because you know i know you're a pretty phenomenal fisherman you're really really good at that stuff did you miss a lot of bones did i miss a lot of bones i don't know if i missed a lot of bones did i have a lot of bones turn me down yes 
You know what I mean? Like, there's days out there in Biscayne Bay where you do everything right. You find a ton of fish. You make the right cast. You get the bait. And they just turn you down. Really? Yeah. And they'll do it over and over and over again, sometimes for multiple <laughs> days in a row. That's got to be frustrating. It's frustrating. And then, um, you know, but, but, but like you said, there's so much other stuff going on while the bones are turning you down. And if they didn't turn you down, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal when you finally got them. You know, like... Right. Well, like catching bonefish in the Bahamas is kind of like, well, it's catching bonefish in the Bahamas. <laughs> you don't, like, just catch bonefish in Biscayne Bay. You have to fish for them. You have to fish for them hard. And when you catch one, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's definitely a different feeling, a different experience. I mean, you're looking for numbers and you just want to catch bonefish? Yeah, go out to the go Caribbean to and go yeah. to the Bahamas or whatever. But if you want, you know, the ultimate challenge... The ultimate experience. The ultimate experience. The ultimate challenge is um, is Biscayne Bay. Why do you think? You know, I, I was gonna, I want I asked Carl about this. He wasn't sure. Why do you think that the Biscayne bones are so much harder and spookier to catch? Well, they get more pressure, and you know the generations of fish that have you know been dodging fishermen. They're not. We don't, they. They're not in the Bahamas. They're not hit as hard. Oh no, dude. They they don't. Man, there's there's fish in the Bahamas, lots of fish that never even seen a boat before, never mind a bone fisherman before. <laughs> you know, but think about it. You know, like, uh, three or four pound small bone fish. You know, maybe they're one, two, three years old. A lot of those fish never even you know had a, something, you know, be thrown at them before. A three year old bone fish in Biscayne Bay or a two year old bone fish in Biscayne Bay, you know, probably all of them have had yeah. somebody throwing uh, something at them, chasing them stalking them around whatever you know what mm. i mean there's a it's it's and then the other thing too is um i think that when you get on the like once you, you don't you don't get bonefish too much further north than here no you know you can get a little bit further north but not too much further north than here and i think when you get on the outskirts of um the territories where these fish can hang you often get bigger and I don't know if you want to say smarter. smarter. I don't say, I hate to say smarter, but more experienced fish, if you know what I mean. Simply because, you know, there's three three million people that live, you know, right in front of Biscayne Bay. <laughs> They're used to seeing it. Right. And the tourists are coming year round, not just during the season. And um yeah, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. But um congratulations on your first bonefish busaga. Thanks. I man. think that's friggin' totally awesome. And I hope the people that were listening tonight, you know, felt, you know, your energy. And uh, if they haven't caught a bonefish, maybe that'll motivate them to go get one or just make them want to get one a little bit more. And um, I'm telling you guys, call Carl. Yeah, if anybody wants to get, if everybody wants to go down there and get on the flats um, in um, Biscayne Bay, it's Carl Ball, AWOL Charters. Um, you know, AWOL like uh, A-W-O-L. A-W-O-L, yeah. Yeah, AWOL Charters. Um, super nice guy. Um, he'll put the odds in your favor. Um if you just want to do Biscayne Bay and not fish for bonefish, get tarpon and that type of thing, you can look me up, Jeff at LunkerDog.com. But anyway, Busaka, thanks for coming in today. Congratulations on your first bonefish. And I'm not sure if you're going to lose your nickname, The Shepherd, and get a new name. What do you want to call it? Lamont's thinking Bonefish Busaka. Bonefish Busaka. I think maybe you might want to get a couple years of bonefish under your That's belt before you change first. your name. I know, because I told I told Ryan the uh, the Canadian. I said, you know, 
I think I'm going to have to catch a few more before I can really own that name. Yeah, I think maybe a few more, maybe yeah. like a hundred or something. Yeah, at least. And then you get the Bonefish Busaka name. That. Yep. So. But for this episode and for this week and <laughs> to celebrate your first Bonefish, <laughs> we're going to name this episode Bonefish Busaka. I love it. All right. Thanks run that, Doug, me. Steve. Thanks for having me on here, and guys. We're, we're all real proud of you. Thanks, Doug. <laughs>